Yes, welcome to another episode of Comic Box Rumble. We are back for season four, as this is the first episode of the fourth box. Now, you still have options, you'll have time to win the third box. We haven't announced the winner. All you have to do is leave the hashtag Comic Box Rumble on our Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all sorts of stuff, and we're going to pick a winner for this wonderful, wonderful. This box is massive, it's heavy. Comic book heavy, which I suppose is a good thing considering this is a, well, it's not predominantly a comic book podcast, but you know, we started it because we wanted to talk about comics and there's loads of comics in there. So I urge you to get hashtagging everywhere, hashtag on your baby's head, hashtag on your kids, you know, school teacher on your car, write it on toilet walls, whatever. Just let us know. As long as we can see it, let us know. You'll be in with a chance to win it. This week we are looking at size doesn't matter. So if that makes you feel that makes you feel good, take a listen, share. We hit the ground running with it, but we come at it from all angles. I wasn't expecting the guys to talk about what they did, and I don't think they was expecting me to talk about what I did. But it's a good one. It's a fun one. It's a comic box rumble one, baby. So you know you're gonna love it, which is why you you're here listening to me right now. So I'm, I don't want to keep you. So have a listen and enjoy the episode. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Stars and stripes of the crash! Let's go, Bob. See you in the show. Oh, here Spider Sense is tingling. Victory! Good work, soldier! Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, no, no, I am. That sounds a bit better. Sorry, my yeah. voice was like coming out of all of yeah. these. All right. okay. uh, so, welcome to Comic Box Rumble, the comic book and pop culture based podcast where myself, Covey Smiles, and Mr. Tom Aitchison. Hello. And Mr. Jack Milson. Morning. We come and sit and we talk about comics, TV shows, pop culture, everything that's better than whatever else that you guys are interested Except in. Except for football. Except for football, which is pretty important right now. And the nice hot weather. And the hot weather and the good vibes and the big gardens and Jack was in barbecues and it's weird, a little a little sunshine makes everyone feel better, doesn't it? I think everything but it's just buzzing at the yes. minute. Apart from people I work with then complain it's too hot. Yeah, I've um I've had to start getting rid of people who are complaining about the weather, saying it's too warm. I've managed to get outside and read some comic books in the garden. That's good. Good. Sounds like a good day. Yeah. Sounds like one of those good days that Ice Cube was rapping about all that long time ago. <laughs> But he never mentioned comic books. But we all know he was thinking about comic books. Anyway, it's we started on a on a on a lightly joking note, but some serious stuff has happened. Yeah, we're going to address that. Um, the legend that is Steve Ditko has passed away. Age ninety. Good innings, right? 90 That's a good innings, isn't it? It's good innings this day and age. And I I guess like he's seen a lot of his creations take some unbelievable transformations and on the big screen, on TV and stuff like that. I bet he thinks, wow, he's, he's left one hell of a legacy, right? Well, Spider-Man, that, that's his, that was him. Obviously, Stanley came up with the concept, but he created the image. I don't think there's any other character who stayed the same over the entire span. In terms yeah. of, like, uniform, look, yeah. style. He's iconic, isn't he? His work is iconic. Um, his legacy with that iconic. Like, when you look, there's loads of, like, comic book artists like paying tribute to him and like saying if you didn't have this you wouldn't have this like and he's he's, he's up there with Kirby isn't he? it's just as important as Kirby definitely it just it was down to him that he didn't do as much with Marvel because he wasn't it don't want to be too much part of the mainstream I don't think Kirby I think he wanted a bit more creative mm. creative control over things hence why he put out a lot of his own stuff after he left Marvel it's scary like knowing all these pioneers of this um, genre. Well, I went to the comic book, so genre. This, this medium, field, this medium that we love so much, and like 
heading towards that age. Well, where g- golden age is now nearly all nearly gone. Yeah, Stan Lee's still going, but not not for long. I don't think. Mm. Unfortunately, he's not in a good set of fair mind. Kirby went a few years ago. It's yeah. Do you think like it's it's amazing that these guys are able to see what's happened to their the legacies of their work work in this area of like comic books and comic book movies, comic book TV shows. It must be pretty satisfying for yeah. them as creators because seeing their work still going on. Yeah, like fifty years later. Because mm. quite often artists, especially, don't get to see the influence they have. There's that running joke that you're not a good artist until you die, yeah. and yeah. then you sort of get the plaudits. But um, they've managed to see their stuff transcend the page, literally. Yeah. And, uh, like, Dick has managed to see, what, five, six Spider-Man films being made. That's yeah. pretty incredible. Jeez, uh, and I bet he thinks they better get it right. <laughs> but <laughs> but even, the, yeah. the other myth even, was they didn't cash the checks. Pardon? The other myth is they didn't cash the royalty checks. But for, I think, for Spider-Man? Spider-Man, I think that's the nerve myth. That I think he really? kind of put that out there to, like, oh, I don't care. But... Yeah, he did. But, but he, I don't care. I have a solid gold car now. <laughs> but then, like the stuff, like you obviously talked about him when you talked about Doctor Strange, like yeah. seeing Doctor Strange be a film and mm, seeing yeah. seeing a lot of what he did on the page visualized, like Eternity and um, Domino and and just that whole end of that film is ripping Ditko off the page oh, and yeah. putting it on the screen. Well, even the new look Spider Man, that was just quintessentially, even with just a small emblem on the chest. The movable eyes, yeah. the um, even having the web like for um, like a glider. Yeah, that was I've all. got the Ditko. That's the the spider on my the tattoo. That's the Ditko. Yeah, that, I was tempted to go with the Miles Morales one, but then at the end of the day, the spider. The, what it means to be a Spider Man means the same, and I just love the chunkiness of it. Yeah, it just looks so sick. Oh, oh Steve Ditko, man. Mm. Ditko, R.I.P. Have a little moment of silence. It's gonna be. Interesting to transition into next now, but you know, because of his influence, he's probably influenced all these other artists, writers, creators to be able to go into the world of comic books, which enables us to be here in twenty twenty eighteen to sit around and talk about it, judge it. So that's what we're gonna do. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> so this week's theme: size doesn't matter. Size doesn't matter. Shall we start? This is box four. Now we're on episode one, box four. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah. So this is episode one, box four. Yeah. Um, we're going to be looking at, well, I don't know, how did this come up? Was this me? No, it was me. Was it, I was like, oh, this I was like, this let's get ahead of this curve. We're in the fourth season. Um, Sometimes quality might dip down a little bit. I was not about how we'll it came back the map, but yeah. And we'll pull it back up for season five. Okay, okay. So, uh, we're looking at size doesn't matter, and that can be anything. So, big, small, whatever, depends on how you want to tackle this. Now, I thought I'm first, I, yeah, I thought I was being clever with this one. So, I've gone for a little game that we can play. Make it interactive. Now, the whole objective of the game is I'll have 10 things here. We might not get through them all. Um, <laughs> Last time we went through one. Like, we've got 10 things here, and I'm going to ask you if this, is a, if this is a big fuck-up or if it's a small fuck-up. Yeah. And then I've got my answer, but I want you to align with me. I'm going to see who aligns me the most out the two of you. Okay. And like whoever this, we get fed in. What? It sounds a lot like man. Is it... Yeah. What, the biggest fuck-ups in comics? No, not quite. Oh, okay. We'll see where you go. With All right, we'll see. Are you ready to go? Uh, yeah, I've written this out in a really weird way, so I'm going to work from the bottom up. Okay, so, yeah. Okay, Calling the Death of Wolverine, The Death of Wolverine, which is by Charles Soul. Seal? Soul. Soul. Charles Soul. Yeah. Yeah, you said what? That, that, that wasn't expecting that. 
Oh, right, okay, so calling the death of Wolverine, the death of Wolverine by Charles Sonsi McDivin. This is 2014. So, to start the story, uh, Wolverine, you, do you know the story? Do you know the story? Yeah, yeah, I've got, I've got that. Yeah. For listeners that don't know, uh, Wolverine returns from a journey to the microverse and he finds out his, his healing factor isn't working as normal. So, then a bounce is placed on his head. Uh, so, Logan decides to go and find out who it is and it leads into Viper, who then points in, in the direction of Lord Ogun. And then uh, Ogun is being identified as Dr. Adrian Cornelis, who was a founder of the Weapon X program and obviously Wolverine sacrifices himself to save a couple of guys who are undergoing some Weapon X exp- um, experiments and he didn't want them to have the life that he did so he slashes at this adamantium containment ends up killing um, Dr. Colonius and then he kind of makes his way to the rooftop and dies like oh my god looking out to a beautiful sunset at peace and he's like ah that's covered in molten adamantium covered in adamantium and suffocates underneath it so what do you guys think was this a big fuck up or was it a small fuck up because I thought announcing the death of Wolverine I was like oh just do the storyline and let him die because I hate it when they tell us the ending the death of Spider-Man death of Captain America just give us as readers something come on you guys must, must I, I think the death you knew was going to happen because why else would they get rid of his healing powers there was more of an outcry when they show the front cover of the first issue where he's holding a gun hmm. I don't know I thought like Get rid of his healing factor. Oh, this makes Wolverine very interesting again. He has to wear some armor. His healing factor kind of works, but it's, this is the thing: they didn't make it clear if it worked indefinitely or if it was totally or if it was like sort of working. The so. thing I didn't like was they always said that the reason why he had the announcement on his on his skeleton was because of his healing factor could hold it in place. Yeah. But now he's lost the healing factor. They used to say that if he didn't have that, it would it'd, it'd, rip apart. Oh, yeah. poisoning or be ripped apart. Adamantium was poisoned, yeah. so his healing factor was constantly working against it. Yeah. Um, what do you think? What 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 do you think? So you got to think. What do I think about it? Not what you. What do you think, think the title? Are you on about the title or the actual killing of Wolverine? I'm on about the title. I'm on about announcing the title. Making oh, that's it a it. big thing. I don't think it's a big thing. I'd say small because otherwise they wouldn't just put the death of him in just a, in a in a random issue. Otherwise, no one would buy it. So they have to. That'd be great, know. actually. If you just pick up a like Wolverine seventy three and he's just dead. Unless, unless it's like <laughs> just, just dead, on the, dead on the first yeah. page, yeah. Yeah. like so. If you said the one before, it's fine. First page, you just just dies. Mm. That'd be it. Yeah. I think <laughs> they fucked up more by bringing them back after just less than four years. Okay. Yeah, so, but so, you can't really call the book the temporary disappearance. <laughs> temporary disappearance of Wolverine. I'm just running about the scoreboard here. So, Tom, what do you think? I think small fuck up, just for the title alone, because I don't think you can market it any other way. Small saying? fuck up. You were saying small fuck ups? Yeah. Well, you're wrong. I said it was a big fuck up. I thought it was a big fuck up myself because I don't like. Reading a comic where I know what the ending is, I want, want a bit of surprise. Don't matter about the ending; it's the way you get there, right? Yeah, even still, though, I, I don't. I, I'd like to just be like, just kill him. Don't make it a big publicity thing. Don't just fucking. Don't just, don't just announce <laughs> yeah. it. I don't know. So I was angry about that. Okay, so number the next one, because I've gone from number number ten to number seven. For <laughs> some reason, so. One more day. So this was 2007. This was JMS and Joey Q. Oh. For those listeners who don't know, Aunt May, uh, Pete Parker's Aunt May is is slowly dying from a gunshot wound, which kind of comes out the events of Civil War and Spider-Man Back in Black. Um, so Peter Parker goes to get help from the likes of Doctor Doom. Yes, he went to Doctor Doom, the High Evolutionary, Reed Richards, and even Doc Ock. And even on his way back to the hospital, Peter is confronted by a little girl who says she knows the answers to his problems. And this little girl leads him on a bit of an adventure throughout New York. He encounters a group of men, a, wo- a, woman, in red, uh, a woman in red informs, and that all the people he's met, like this gentleman, this high-powered business tech guy in a car, 
it's himself in the future and also this little girl he sees ends up being the daughter he would have had with Mary Jane because yet they, the woman he read ends up being Mephesto who said right I will save your Aunt May but I want your love I want the one thing I can take from him and Mephesto is referring to God up there you are united in the God's name but if I can take this precious one of the most precious purest loves that exists in this world I would have got a small victory of him and in doing so I'll be able to save Aunt May but the fact that they actually went and did this which retconned the whole thing so Peter Parker and Mary Jane never got married because the whole change was up. Mephesto delayed Peter Parker going to the wedding by leaving a robber, yeah. letting a robber really escape from prison. Peter Parker had to stop him, which made him late for the wedding. So him and Mary Jane had to rethink about them getting married. Now this mate gave, got took away his organic web shooters. He was living at home with Aunt May once again, and Harry Osborn was alive. Totally kind of erased. How long? How many years of Spider-Man publication? Maybe about like thirty. Yeah, oh, no. uh, it was mid mid eighties when he got married, was it? Was it mid eighties? So about twenty twenty years, years yeah. thirty years maybe. Because this happened two thousand seven. About twenty. Oh, 2020, Yeah, twenty. So, what do you think? Did I call it a big fuck up or do big, I? Big fuck up. Big fuck up. I hate it so much. Huge fuck up. Greg, well done. You know me so well. Brilliant. Just like she's just an old, 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 old lady who was dying. It just did not make any sense at all. He, he can, yeah. But in the end, he's like, in the MJ though, actually makes the deal in the end. Yeah, she's like, do it, and then she whispers something to Mephisto. I, I still haven't read what they, what she said, but that I can't. Remember. I did only read it somewhere. Um, they did omit didn't oh, they, no, one moment in time. It, it was, stuff. it was um, something like, don't, ever, don't let me forget. No, because they was, both kind of knew. Yeah, but I think I'm sure it's something like don't ever like come this is it or like, you don't ever go after Pete I think it's something yeah. like that I can't and remember also one more thing this also allowed them to erase that Peter Parker unmasked doing Civil War yeah, which is one of the bigger things about it as well yeah and then because then, then Dot Strange then put the thing on that no one can find out who he is Nanobots wasn't it in Magic that did a comment him and Dr. Tony Stark yeah. helped and then he focuses it up by during Spider-Island by taking by pretending that he's mm. says I'm Spider-Man because everyone's Spider-Man and he says then Dot Strange yeah you just fucked up the whole yeah. thing now. but then everybody thinks that it was because everyone was enhanced by Spider-Powers yeah well. but the girlfriend was with that time that police officer I can't remember her name is then she caught is it Casey? I can't remember name. She then cottons on and realises, yeah, mm, that Christian. I just, it annoys me when the change stuff and, like, such a profound moment in Spider-Man's life doesn't happen through a character or a situation which is, like, quintessentially Spider-Man. Like, yeah. Mephesta isn't quintessential Spider-Man. No. Magic isn't quintessential no. Spider-Man, especially when you forget the totem stuff. Mm. It's not. Like, <laughs> it got... It's street level, and you change the character so dramatically from a character who doesn't even feel like he should be in his book. Yeah. And the one thing they could have got rid of and didn't do was get rid of the um, Gwen Stacy's twins from Norman Osborn. Oh yeah, God, I was going to put that on the list, but then I didn't. Re- I realised I didn't know enough about it to discuss it, but that was really weird. That was one of the ideas. Where is originally going to scrap that with that whole thing, but then they didn't do for some reason. So they're still running around. I think so. I don't know. Jesus, I have not. Because she was re- raped, wasn't she? Oh, she had an affair. She had an affair on like a on like a friendship, but but it turned out though. But technically, she would have been like fourteen or fifteen or something stupid so like that. Um, next one, I have Frank Rook. Is anybody aware of who Frank Rook is? Yeah. So Frank Rook, uh, Punisher number fifty nine, uh, part of Punisher nineteen ninety one. Oh, listen, what you're gonna you are gonna say? What I think you're gonna yeah. say? Yeah. Okay, so, uh, oh yeah, yes, I yes, read, yes. I went, I went and searched this out because I was like, oh, this this is 
this is interesting. So, uh, whilst pers- uh, purposefully incarcerated, Frank Castle gets beaten to a bloody pulp by a group of inmates. He goes to his former, like this plastic surgeon who was like a junkie prostitute to make him unrecognisable. So what does he do? Gets turned into a black guy. As you do. Oh, no, oh, no, that's not the one I'm thinking of then. I'm thinking oh. of the other one. So this is the, I don't know if you heard, so this is the thing where Punisher was turned into a black person and he goes to, he spends a couple of issues going through some of the most stereotypical black experiences and like... Um, which was meant to be a piece of social commentary that the social punisher wanted to see. So punisher wanted to see. What's he called? The social punisher. The social punisher. <laughs> um, getting got pulled over by the police, getting beaten by the police, and killing some south southside drug dealers. But he also gets teamed up with Luke Cage, which I thought was an even bigger insult. Um, and it was just very sort of, let's take a white character, turn them black, and like let the white man. Talk about the black experience, which I thought was. They did it with Lois Lane well. as well. So I read some about. When yeah, I was reading did, about this. Yeah, they did it with Lois Lane. Yeah, I was like, oh my god. Was the creators of this book white? With a white. Yeah, yeah. Of course, white. I think that's <laughs> all we need to say <laughs> on the topic. So big fuck up, swap fuck up. Big fuck up. <laughs> big fuck up. <laughs> I thought he was going to go down when um, he was killed and was turned into Frankencastle. No, no, no. That sounds great. That sounds pretty cool. <laughs> that sounds pretty interesting. Um, next one. Jupiter's Legacy. Has anyone I've not read Jupiter's Jupiter's Legacy. Mark Millar, Frank Quietly, 2013. So basically, um, in 1932, I'm going to give you a brief rundown. Uh, Sheldon Sampson, uh, he was an American guy who lost everything at a Wall Street crash. He takes himself and five friends and his um, brother um, to this island where he keeps dreaming about saying, it's going to have the answers that America needs to make it great. It's going to give us everything, all the tools that we need to make ourselves wonderful. I don't know what it is. I'm just being called to this, uh, to this island and his partner and his brother and his friends go along with him like, all right, Sheldon, you know, okay, you haven't been wrong about everything and what have we got to lose? You know, if it's going to help us, you know, rebuild ourselves, they all think it's treasure, they all think it's gold, they all think it's monetary, but it's a chance. But what they actually find is that this crate, which gives them all superpowers and they sort of use this to kind of steer America through the Second World War and sort of be absolutely, you know, powerful in a powerhouse. But they sort of decide to have this Golden Age sort of style, um, heroic sort of lifestyle, you know, secret identities and stuff and help the government out when they need to and they answer to whoever's in charge. However, fast forward um, about 60 years and their kids have inherited their powers, but their kids are living like socialites, living like Love Island stars, living like Geordie Shaw stuff. So they go to all these events, they're taking drugs, they're not doing the superhero thing because they're leaving it for their parents' generation. So their kids are Chloe and Brandon. Um, So what happens, Brandon and his dad's brother whose name I can't remember because I haven't read this in a while um, end up well his dad's brother Walter end up getting all the other superheroes that are around because there's been generations of them since so when they've had kids and they've had kids and stuff um, they all get those guys together Brandon and Walter and they attack Sheldon and Grace which is Brandon's mum and dad and kill them murder all the good heroes and then all these guys start taking over which plunges America into absolute chaos because without the good heroes and Walter using his telekinetic and um, mind powers to corrupt other government officials and to bend Brandon to his will America just ends up just being like a totalitarian state and people start rioting and everything just goes out of control it's an amazing read it's a Frank, Frank Quietly book so you know what you're going to get in the artwork Plus, this is Mark Millar. Think of him what you will. This is probably... If Mark Millar wrote Golden Age Heroes, it's twisted, it's messed up, and it's good. Because cool. Chloe goes on the run. Nine, picks Jupiter's Legacy Part 2. Picks up um, nine years later when her, little, when her little boy and she's... And her partner, who is this guy called Hutch, 
whose dad was a supervillain, but you find out more. You can't see, I'm doing air quotes, who was a supervillain. We found out a bit more about his history, and they have to try and turn the world back around. Now, big fuck up on Brandon's part, yes or no? Well, I suppose, yeah, because it's completely yeah, well changed goes, the world. Yeah, well goes to shit, so yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, all right, okay, good. Yeah. It's good, it's worth a read. I thought, how can I talk about some several comics and try to make this quite interesting and everyone play a game? Yeah. So, so I hope people will be like, oh, I'm going to check out Jupiter's uh, Legacy. Please check out Jupiter's Legacy <laughs> and Jupiter's Circle because it's amazing. Um, okay, Ultimatum, 2009, Jeff Loeb, David Finch. So, Jack's favourite. <laughs> when he mentioned it earlier on today, I was like, we're going to talk about that. Scenario, following the events of Ultimates 3, uh, which looked at who's killed the Scarlet Witch and Ultimate Power. Magneto is back once again and is on a big revenge trip looking to, you know, to disarm some pain to the world because he holds him responsible for his daughter's death. And also in somewhere between all this, Quicksilver dies as well. So he sort of reverses the magnetic poles, doesn't he? And he causes yeah. a lot of abnormal weather issues, starts killing people. So all the superheroes do what they do best, they get involved, start figuring out how to save the world, save people, keeping them busy from the real plan, which Doctor Doom's behind, he's behind the whole thing. This whole event leads to major characters dying, and yeah, um, like Thor dies, getting Valkyrie and Captain America's um, souls back, and you know, which I think is a huge waste. Would you trade Thor for Captain America and Valkyrie? Uh, probably not. Which I was like, that is the dumbest thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> like, Oh my god, I was like, man, I'm signing out there. Uh, Professor X is killed by Magneto, Wolverine is killed, Cyclops is killed, Doctor Strange is gone, Giant Man, Spider Man, thought dead, Susan Storm in a coma. It's huge, it's a huge washout, and we find out uh, that Magneto finds out from Nick Fury that mutants were a man made thing. Which he and Magneto spent his whole time thinking they are divine and from God and all this sort of stuff, and it's this is teased over various books and over time, and the concept and the creative team. It's it's David Finch, it's Jeff Lobb, it should have been amazing, but it's executed poorly. Um, Jack, you look like you want to say something? I want to say a lot of things, I could say a lot of things about it. I think, uh, we've talked about it in the past, and I think if you read a, a three-line summary of the story, it's it works, it's mm. good. If you think uh, David Finch is on the book, you're thinking, you're thinking back to his Ultimate X-Men stuff, which is fantastic, you're thinking, oh, this is going to look beautiful. It doesn't. Mm. Jeff Lobb, you think, uh, it's going to be like, it's going to be like Spider-Man Blue. It's going to be like Hulk Grey. It's going to be... Oh, what? <laughs> kidding me? It's going to be like one of his classic books. And it's not. It just falls so short in every way. It's, everything is so wrong about it. Like, Magneto steals a hammer off Thor, which looks nothing like the hammer you've seen. And then he doesn't even use the hammer to affect the no. pearls. Like, in the... Ah. Yeah, it's annoying. Big, <laughs> big, big fuck, fuck up. up. What do you think? Small fuck up because I think they had to do something just to make it stand out, make the universe stand out more. That you know, in terms of the ultimate universe, it's small fuck up, but executed poorly. Yeah, I went big. I went small. Sorry, I put small. Perfect, you can leave. I put small fuck up purely because some of the stuff that we got at the end of it from all the new things you got miles from it. it. Miles was no, not directly in. afterwards, but well, the, no, the, all the, the X-Men time we're killing Peter yeah. for fucking years. But all the X Men stuff that we got from that was like wow, yeah, and stuff. I'll just mention, I'll do the last couple, the last two. Um, Hank McCoy, a.k.a. Beast. Um, can you name five attributes that describe the side guy of the X-Men? What, what? Beast, you mean? Yeah, that? Hank McCoy. What, blue fairy? Well, I put he's a bit feline. of a hypocrite, he's arrogant, and he's immune to consequences, and I'm talking about him bringing the original five forward. Yeah. Big fuck-up, small fuck-up. 
Uh, small uh, fuck up because he's kind of he, he did it with best intentions trying to stop Scott from becoming what yeah, he was going to become Jack, you're taking people out of time without choice I think when you look at the morals <laughs> of his <laughs> actions you're thinking is Professor you'd... X still just sat in that past just no. going and, uh, to, and to be fair like, if you look at Hank McCoy the amount of times he's done stuff and condemned people for other things and he hasn't admitted or been like or acknowledged his mistakes as well oh, but it's all in the name of like, he justifies everything whereas he can't see that from other people when he's meant to be the the good friend, isn't he? He's meant to be the moral compass, and he does shit like that. He's like, well, I've got this another third, a third mutation coming along, and I wanted to bring the old X-Men into the present to see what happens to them so they can change what happens to them and teach them a lesson. Yeah. Yeah, big fuck uh, off. <laughs> bless you. And the final one, which I think is the biggest one, Star-Lord Infinity War. Big fuck up, small fuck up. I'm talking about Oh, him, a bit massive fuck off. You like Phil? Yeah, I'm talking about him. Not me else, Smacking Thanos in the face because um, somehow his relationship with Gamora was at, you know, they're at best, their best bays or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the fact that in the previous scene he was willing to shoot her in the head, yeah. he's expecting her to be dead anyway. Yeah. Uh, big fuck up, small fuck up. Fuck up. Big fuck up. You can't call half of existence being wiped out a small fuck up, can you? Uh, all right, okay. That was all right, actually. Yeah. Good one then. Um, big. I think it might be you, Tom. Cool. Yeah. Cool. There's, there's, no, there's no royalties in it. Just, oh. There's no right or wrong except for being right or just, wrong. Um, yeah. Are you so ready? I hope to... you enjoyed that. Yeah. It's different. Are you ready to go, game? Tom? I am indeed. Right, so, talking, size doesn't matter. So, we've got things like big heroes, little heroes, and all sorts growing up. Now, where in that iron mindset, when we was little, we had toys what were quite easily able to kill us left, right and centre. Because we were full of small little fiddly bits. Um, what, yes, you asked us to get? Yeah, well, no, I'm going through some toys. Um, Legos? Legos is an exception at the moment, because well, I'll probably be able to talk about that in more fully. I could talk about that for well over 15 minutes. Uh, I'm giving Lego an exception Micro here. Machines. Yeah, Micro machines I've got there, but I've got a couple of random ones here, which you might have forgotten about. Uh, cases that had little pieces in them, like, that, well, well, that's like Polly Pocket but like, like Mighty, Mighty Max, Max. Mighty Mighty Max. Max. which is like the boys equivalent of Polly Pocket which is like four little things like that play sets there you said about micro machines as well um, but obviously you got like a wide variety of them I used to have collect loads of them especially yeah, the Star Wars ones is what I had loads of I remember having the white van which folded out into yeah. the city quite possibly the coolest thing ever I had, the, I had the Millennium Falcon which kind of opened up and like one side there was like a, a like a storage hanger thing. Oh, they can only put three of them on there. Now, another one, what was also um, small... Does anyone remember Manta Force? No. Oh, is that, was that anything to do that with was like, Joe's? No, it wasn't. No. It was like giant spaceship, but it was made up of all little ships, what you then put no, into no, it. No. And even then, they all had little men like that as well. <laughs> so, all very, very fiddly things. And then, I think the worst of the worst was probably Kinder Surprise, some of the stuff what you used to have in there, which you just had to, you know, properly take apart and... Yeah, yeah. Even like when you used to have the old Disney ones, you had to take a note, like ping the nose off, like put that in place, little black nose, like little tiny bits like that. So, anyway, so yeah, these are all little things like designed there to um, kill, like help kill kids off, really, with like small, <laughs> fiddly, jerky, jerky yeah. bits. Survival of fittest. Yeah. But anyway, I'm not going to cancel. That's what I was thinking I was going to talk about at one point, but I'm not. I'm going to talk about another thing, though, from the 90s. Again, very small heroes. Very, 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 very dangerous as well. Um, if used in the incorrect way, um, but is also the biggest franchise of all time. 
I'm trying to think Micronauts or nah. Tiny Heroes. Biggest franchise of all time. Kick yourself when I tell you it. Oh shit. Um it's Tiny Heroes. Can we get one more clue? Tiny Heroes, biggest franchise of all time. Yeah. In the uh, early nineties. Mid nineties to now. Mid nineties to now. Uh and, and is it T V show, comic book? Yes, yes. Um, I don't know. God, yeah, I, I don't want to into your time. So. Okay, do you? No, I don't know. Pokemon. Fuck! <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Shit. Even the name, Pocket Fuck. Monsters. Oh, my God. You legend. All Just right. think about it. Used incorrectly, you've got yourself fire-breathing dragons there and sight, like, you know, evil... Electric mice. Yeah, electric <laughs> mice, yeah. Awesome. Or, like, you know, psychic, powered... Whatever the hell Bad Mew box. is, amusing, yeah. Oh, I was thinking about <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Oh, like ghosts. Like, you know, ghosts. my favourite Pokemon. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, Pokemon. Cubone. The Cubone. one with the skull on it. Yeah. Do you know Cubone's wall, the, the skull of its mothers, dead mothers? Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. And also, I, I kind of got into a little bit into this one, but I think it was Fuchsia City, what, where you find the Cubones um, in the original game, which had a very, very eerie soundtrack, which have been. It was changed for the Western audience, but apparently in the Japanese version was linked to the deaths of something like 10 children. What, really? Yeah, because they found it like, they thought it was very hypnotic and morbid wow. or anything like that. Because you was in the um, the Pokemon Tower, weren't you? Yeah, that's where it's like, it's like a dead city. It's like where you got the ghost yeah. there, and that's where you, I think you get Cubone, or you get Cubones. That's where you can first catch Ghastly, and you fight the Cubone, yeah. and you get some Marowak, which is put Marowak as, a, um, as a ghost Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah, that's not the only thing though. What also then it helped, um, which also drive to injure a lot of kids as well. Because it was also the episode as well which introduced Polygon, yeah. which caused hundreds of kids to have seizures. Oh shit! Oh, I remember there was an episode, yeah, yeah. but it actually wasn't Polygon. Did that it was actually Pikachu just doing a massive lightning bolt. So that episode's now been banned for all, has been banned since then. What because oh, of wow. the strobing? Because of the strobing, what was kind of given off for like little Pikachu. Also, was it two years ago they nearly killed a load of kids when they released the Pokemon Go game? Oh, yeah, they, yeah. I think a girl did die. <laughs> I yeah, think yeah, I was playing Pokemon Go. How? Yeah. Um, I think she walked... walked into a road, didn't she? Oh, was that one? I don't think another one. I think there was one who walked into a river. I know people. Oh, no, there's a couple of kids who found a dead body whilst looking in the river looking for a Pokemon, oh, but he didn't die from playing That's Pokemon Go. It's Stand By Me. It's Stand By Me Go. So, Stand By Me Go. But then it did unify loads of people, didn't it? I remember yeah. seeing loads of people saying, my kids that are autistic don't usually play with other kids, but now they're wandering around. And yeah. I, was living, I was in London at the time, and everyone was out in the street doing it. It was mental. I played for about five minutes and couldn't quite get I'm into it afterwards. It. And yeah, like the original games, though, I mean, kind of. I don't know whether I should really have to go into a bit of background knowledge on what Pokemon actually is. Okay. But it is now the biggest. Is the, in terms of entertainment-wise, it is the biggest franchise of all time, amassing money of over $300 billion, I think, something like that, in the Jeez. 20 years it's been going on for. Jeez. Because you've got a TV series, what has got over a 1,000 episodes, mm-hmm. been going on since then. You've got games now, what's been available on every single generation of Nintendo since the Game Boy. Okay. You've got 21 movies. 21? 21 movies, yes. 21? They've just rebooted it. Um, on number 20, it's just rebooted it, because just trying to bring it around full circle yeah. because things have changed a lot since the first one with obviously the number of Pokemon, what's been... What do you mean rebooted it? It's just like... The reboot, they've kind of redone the first movie. Oh, okay. Which again was controversial because you had then Pikachu saying, saying, I love you in English. Really? Mm. Instead of going, Pika, Pika, Pika. Oh, Pika, okay. Pika, Pika. 
and we've got a live action movie on the way as well. Mm. Detective Pikachu, as voiced by Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds. <laughs> but if you've ever seen what the, the original Detective Pikachu game is like on um, 3DS, weird, it, man. it was like, like, like some big fat like New Yorker America. Like just if you imagine like a little cute little mouse. It's oh. weird sound like. because like I'm, I, one thing I'm kind of obsessed with when I get free time, on, uh, I will sit and I will start looking at Pokemon artwork. And I love looking at realistic versions of some of the Pokemon, and some of them are fantastic. I'm going to post them. I have, like, a, a thing I want to exist. And, like, I'm not the biggest Pokemon fan. I'm not the biggest gaming fan. But if someone can make a Pokemon game which looks like Fable, or, like, that sort of full world... Right. It's like like Pokemon Go, but natural, just it's, console You want to be Xbox game Fable? Some, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would be all over yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that'd be sick. I mean, the whole thing about Pokemon as well is because it just keeps kind of reinventing itself slightly for every single like generation of console what's coming on as well. And like I say, it's now had to reboot the movies because of what happened. There. I mean, I mean, the movies are now all made for TV, really, because they had like you know big announcements for the first couple, I think. But obviously, mm. it's like anything with, I think also when you had like the American distributor as well, and it all came under like the Pokemon company as yeah. well. It just comes down to Wii's, really. But I mean, even the TV series, though, I mean, they've been bloody risque as well. I mean, obviously, it's like. Some stuff like your basic. I mean, you obviously know more than anyone about Japanese animation style and how they sometimes do things. But this like stuff with that like, kids TV. Like at one point, giving um, one um, James from Team Rocket a pair of tits. Like when he's like disguised himself as a woman. <laughs> so he's got like a big cleavage on the go in a bikini. But they do all that stuff, don't they? Like I think I don't, don't think there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> but I, I relish in it. <laughs> yeah. But I'm kind of looking at right, the actual like what I'm saying about is deadly. Just the actual concept, though, of the game Pokemon. You are entrapping living animals in a tiny tennis ball and causing, making them to fight each other for your own personal gain. So do you think vegans shouldn't be playing Because oh, it's definitely not vegan. <laughs> I'm sure I've heard someone say that vegans are declared... I think that's been declared by some like, vegan society has been, un- oh, has man. been non-vegan. I've played Pokemon since turning, since being vegan. Um, I'm, carry on, Tom. Yeah, so, but I mean, but then... Other people, though, some people, like some Christian groups say it's a good thing because it like Kirby's shows... Kirby's like, coming to Google it. Google it. Pokemon, Pokemon Go vegan. vegan. <laughs> he just found out that oh Bournemouth... Not Bournemouth, was it Copperberg? He found out that wasn't vegan. Oh, nightmare. <laughs> and I love cider. Uh, uh, there's an article by The Atlantic. Bear in mind, The Atlantic is a very prestigious news outlet publication. The vegan case against Pokemon is surprisingly compelling. Peter's bloody video game parody certainly over the top of the parallels between Pikachu and real animals aren't so easy to dismiss. I'm going to read it, I'm going to watch it, and I'll post it on the page in the week. Okay, so <laughs> you can declare then whether or not Pete I'll have it and I'll read it. Was vegan or it's, not. It's a proper thousand word article as well, so yeah. this is serious. Sorry, Tom, do go on. Yeah, but anyway, but that's kind of looking at the negative side of things. When you kind of look at the positives, like the heroic side of things, you're taking these creatures and you're having to look after them during the game. You obviously, yeah, you're fighting them, but then you're also trying to give them a better lifetime. You're helping them to evolve, become better you know, bigger, better, you know, help them get their full potential. So he's then, then teaching um, kids about looking after animals, like looking after pets or something like that. So would you say it's it's helping them out along the way, giving them some responsibilities? Yeah, and as the games have improved in over the years, like you can more or less play a game what's on like a 24-hour mode because they've got real-time clocks going on there, knowing that they need sleep, need a certain like relaxants as well and things like that. Well, that was the initial thing. It was, it was um, one of the battle game, one of the initially... Uh, like a Tamagotchi thing. Oh, right, okay. That's what the idea. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was, th- I was going to kind of link that with the whole oh, Tamagotchi yeah. thing. I mean, that was like, a, and that came out a couple of years before, and that was like a big thing, wasn't it? Like mm. trying to teach kids responsibilities, but doing it in a virtual format. Yeah. Which in this day and age, especially now, is that the kind of thing you have to 
kind of look towards. But then people have like pets at home and stuff like that, don't they? And yeah, and you get a lot of that type of like reward system in your mobile gaming now. Yeah. yeah. Where like on that is it Farmville? You have to go on every twelve hours to get your crops. Like that's that was that's is that still a thing, Farmville. I don't know, but that's <laughs> it's it's that same sort of Tamagotchi world, isn't it? Yeah. Where you've got to make sure that you've got to clean their poo and make sure they're yeah. fed. Yeah, and play games with them and everything else. Yeah, yeah it's kind of the same thing as when you come in with Pokemon. It's like now that you've got this huge big world and now what they take place in, it's now not just about fighting each other, it's about properly raising them and looking after them and everything else. Is that what you have to do now in the games? That's some of the newer ones, yeah. It's just so much more It's like so much more in-depth right. than what it was like originally. And now with the Switch with the Switch out now as well, which is more portable as well, it's, I think they're kind of going to turn that and give the same VR system in that as what you've got with Pokemon Go, so you've got it on a full-blown console instead. Oh god, that's interesting. Looks really good though from some of the new stuff that's coming out on Switch. I'm so yeah. tempted to get Switch, but um, I think the whole Pokemon Legacy is amazing. Like how it's evolved and all. What was it? The Sun and Moon that came out last year. So uh, yeah, so and they did like they redone that as well, like Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. <laughs> hey, look, I, and I just like how the format stays the same, but it's kind of still enjoyable. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That still whole the whole process of hunting and questing to kind of. I mean, get your badges yeah. and make the Pokemon do in terms thing. of a video game franchise it's, it's the, still the second best on the series but it's only that's because that's behind Mario which is okay. never going to overtake that but in terms of the managed to turn this and turn it into a multimedia franchise yeah. I was saying you've got your TV but you've also got um, it won't be Mangra I suppose but you've also got the comic book comics, comics yeah. to go with it as well like I see you've got the films live action film even like songs as well and everything else and look at that I mean look at the the thousands of toys you can get now because you keep introducing more and more Pokemon mm. and a lot of them now have got their own like say like personality you know some people associate themselves with like a certain part of my i mean now okay. it's kind of going back full circle where people say like what was you when you first played like you say about what house was you in harry potter what did you pick to start off with did what you, you pick bulbasaur Char- um charmander or squirtle i was squirtle Who did oh, you pick? i mixed it up a lot i was like charmander quite a lot but then i got like bulbasaur i was always char- I was charmander squirtle Wait, yeah. I was like, oh, it was hard. Battle I was, and I, spent, I couldn't decide. I'd sit there like, oh my god. Chairman of Sir had stuff as well because the first two was water and rock, which mm. is like what fire is crap again. It's both for them. But then I also bought yellow as well, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, I actually got that again for my 3DS as well. Yeah. So you've got Pikachu always following around with you as well. And it was cool because it's like you started learning about um, sort of balancing out and what weaknesses and strengths and strategizing, yeah. using things like, oh, everyone I know when we first started up playing would always attack. But then using things like your tail whip or your bubble, uh, reducing the, the defenses, yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff like oh, that, or like and, increasing your attack as and, well, yeah, and stuff like that. And people didn't realise that it was it was all it was kind of like chess, wasn't it? Strategy yeah. and stuff. So, I mean, that's yeah. the point. Like in a proper role playing game, it was just it was a very good entry level role playing game for kids. And they made it. I mean, the, the whole idea what it was created was because the guy was a fan of collecting butterfly, butterflies and insects and keeping them in jars. Because obviously Japan's quite ripe for all different kinds of weird, creepy crawlies. Yeah. So you to, you know, kind of collect them that way. And that's where the whole idea came from of putting that into a video game style. Mm-hmm. And obviously the Game Boy at that point, I mean, the Game Boy was just the ideal console then to, to put that out onto. And you just knew. And then from then on, in between Nintendo and now the Pokemon Company, they just know how to get the most from it. So did it start off as a cartoon and stuff first? No, it was the, it was the game for the yeah. game. It originally came out in Japan. I mean, it came out in Japan like a good year before it came out over, well, a year before in America and a year and a half before it came out over here and you had green and red version. Yeah, but then um, we got red and blue, didn't we? We got red and blue because it seems to think that blue was more easily like, marketable than what green is. 
So when did the cards come into it? The cards came in about 98, I think, something yeah. like that. I think they may come in on it just as the TV series started coming onto it. I mean, again, the, the card game was huge. I think it was um, the same company who make Magic the Gathering, so they know how to make a good card game. And again, it's going back to this whole collecting side of things, which is ideal for pop culture, because people, as we all know, people love to collect stuff. And you've got a card game like this on the go, it's just, and now these cards go for, I don't know how much money, I've never, I was a bit too old for the card game, I kind of missed out on that bit, but I know that some of the cards do go for a bit these days. I had a Charizard, I remember taking to... Tom opened a, oh. my brother Tom opened a Charizard, his first really? ever packet, and no one believed him. Really? Do you still have it? Nah. Was Charizard supposed to be rare? Was it rare? Yeah. Was it Charizard, and it had like, it was a shiny one, and it had like, flamethrower, which was like, took, like did like 150 damage. I only bought, I think, two packets in my entire life right. of cards, but I made a fortune. Did they you? borrowed loads at the start and then just traded my way up to having like dark, shiny yeah. things and made a fortune selling them at one point. <laughs> yeah. That was sick. That was good. Yeah. You were always like the unexpected one. Like, you always go like. Pokemon came out last minute because I was thinking small heroes and all that. And I, I, thought you'd have, I thought you'd have been all about Hank Pym. Hank Pym. Yeah. Oh, after that message, I was tempted to. Talk about his yeah. worst moments, but I thought, no, let's um, let's look at big fuck ups. Yeah, <laughs> big and little fuck ups. I'm really, int- I can't wait to read this article. Well, talking of Hank Pym, I knew you were that. <laughs> Go on, Jack. We got um, so as I've mentioned in previous shows, Reed Richard is a dick, isn't he? Dick but man. who do you, but who do you think is even more of a dick? What, in anywhere or any form because we in any it. form well Hank Pym in the ultimate universe is the ultimate dick Hank Pym is a bigger dick um, and now I get a lot of stick for my love affair with the ultimate universe um, but there is one character you just can't love and that is ultimate Hank Pym no um, now y- y- you all know about Hank Pym you've all seen Ant-Man movies and the MCU and if that's the Ant- Hank Pym you know you'll be in for a bit of a shock Um Firstly, Hank of the main Marvel Universe is definitely more of a cock than the movie version. And the Ultimate Universe version is even more of a cock than that. Um, so I'm going to take a leap from um, Kofi's book and ask for a bit of audience participation in this one. Um, well, not audience, you guys, you two. Um, Ultimate, Hank may, Ultimate Hank Pym may be a dick, but is he a hero or a villain? Um, so first off, I want you to... I want to get both you guys' initial impression. Where do you fall? Without going into too much detail, hands up if he's a hero or hands up if he's a villain. I don't think he's either. He's definitely not a villain because he doesn't set out to try and... He does some fucked up stuff. Well, can I just want to get some off his gears with... He does some stuff that... Initially, he's a hero. Initially, he's a hero, yeah. But I don't think he goes full on... he creates Ultron, he beats his wife. Right. Yeah. So, we're a bit torn, which is probably why we're talking about this. Um, so, Hank Pym debuted in the original um, series by Mark Millar and Brian Hitch. As we all can agree, it's a modern classic. Right. It's really, really good. Like, much of the Ultimate, Ultimate and the Ultimate Universe as a whole, Hank Pym's life and powers are all entwined with the Super Soldier Project and S.H.I.E.L.D.'s attempts to recreate Captain America. Like in the main Marvel Universe, Hank has been both Giant Man and Ant-Man. Pym can grow up to 60 feet tall and he can shrink down to the size of an insect. Um, a natural neurological reflex prevents him from growing or shrinking beyond the limits of his body endurance, which is more like the ultimate take on it, is adding that realistic sort of mm. twinge to it. Mm. Um, 
his powers as Giant Man. He has the Giant Man serum and he has a special suit. And as Ant Man, he's got the Ant Man serum and his Ant Man helmet. Um, so he's got this like crazy little thing on his head which lets him talk and control to ants. All a bit weird when you start thinking about it. Um, but the sort of added things like he's got these shaded goggles to protect his eyes from excess sunlight because obviously he's an insect. Mm. Yeah, um, so it's worth pointing out that um, Hank is trying to help S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, so that's arguably heroic. Um, the giant men technology creates is used to make other giant men. There's even a squadron of soldiers with the ability to grow and they've been endlessly helpful to the Ultimate Universe. So I'm going to give two hero points to Hank for this. Okay. Yeah. Okay. However, he's a domestic abuser. Um, for those of you who haven't read the book, there was a bit of a love triangle between Hank, Janet and Steve. Um, Rogers. Steve Rogers, yeah. Um, Hank was jealous of Janet and Steve. Hank and Janet had a fight over it. It was messy, and it even included Hank spraying Janet with bug spray. You need to know that she's a mutant. She's a she? mutant who has the like the powers of a wasp, yeah. so she's basically like And he also sets the army of ants onto her as yeah. well. Um, and this was all while she was in a shrunken farm, so you can imagine it's more intense than you can imagine. Cap retaliates, beats Hank up, and kicks him out the team. So we're going to give him can minus... Can talk about how he beats him up, though? Are you just going to talk about that or not? I'm just going to try and race through it, but because um, I was going to give him minus five hero points for being yeah. a great AD. Minus it was in a, but did he do it in a bar? He did it in a bar, yeah. but he's, he, he expands, but yeah, then he's yeah. naked. Yeah. So you've yeah. got Captain America beating up a giant naked giant <laughs> man and still... Dude, he and, kicks his ass into the river, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, as Kofi slightly mentioned earlier on, Pym built an army of Ultron robots for the Liberators when they invaded the States. So that's another minus hero point. However, he he does sort of rejig the Ultron sort of network to sort of aid the Ultimates, and and he claimed that was all a part of his plan to help fight the Liberators. So we're going to give him the benefit of the doubt and give him one hero point. Um, during Ultimates 3 grown um he managed to help save tony stark and janet from the robot replicas and was allowed back on the team as yellow jacket so again i'm going to give him a little bit benefit of the doubt i'm going to give him one hero point for that um but arguably the ultron technology was down to pym in the first place although doom sort of had a role in it um that was never fully explained so i'm going to take the point back off him yeah. um and then Ultron's actions had caused the death of Scarlet Witch, which sent Magneto into a rampage. The world's in chaos, because Magneto then sort of retaliates and causes ultimatum, as we briefly mentioned. Who's it doing, though, behind this whole thing? Yeah, but Hank's got a hand in it. Okay. Um, Pym fans uh, the blob eating Janet's corpse. So while in his giant farm, he rips off the blob's head and eats it. <laughs> I thought you bit it off. So I'm going to give him a hero point for that and then take it straight back away because that's a bit extreme, yeah. right? <laughs> Don't he say it like, tastes like chicken or something? Yeah, if Blob does <sighs> when he's eating. Blob does, yeah. Because yeah, she dies off screen, doesn't she? And Blob yeah. finds a body. So. so later in Ultimatum, Hank sacrificed himself as an army of Jamie Madrox's multiple man. Uh, Suicide bombers are attack, attacking the Triskelion. He lets them all climb on top of him and he walks out into the sea and sacrifices himself oh, to save who he can. Um, so I'm going to give him three hero points for this because that is pretty heroic. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, I really felt like Hank was underused and he was such a complex character. A character he sort of loved to hate and I think he died too early. He could definitely have gone down a similar path to Reed and the Maker, that sort of like 
extreme hero. Mm. Um, and by the way, he's one of the Ultimates who has since come back since Secret Wars. You know, in I, was just, I thought I saw him on the front cover, but I didn't. It's so all a bit weird. So I hope you've been keeping score, yeah. but that leaves Hank on bang on zero hero points. <laughs> <laughs> um, he desperately wanted to be a hero. He joined and formed the Defenders, who were a, a group of unpowered heroes, but basically sucked. He's just a shit person. Um, so where do you think he stands? Do you think his heroic actions outweigh his villainous actions? I don't know. It's a bit... One thing I was always quite surprised they didn't do in the Ultimate, ultimate Universe is because they like to try and make it more fresh and or keep it more up to date, they didn't kind of t- talk about the that he has got bipolar. Well, in the 616 universe, he's got bipolar, which kind of which contributes to why he acts the way he does. Mm. Which I always thought it'd be more that would work. Why he does it, like you know, the domestic abuse things like that, it would give him a. They don't actually, you know, kind of give him a reason why he starts doing it, apart from just jealousy. But sometimes, in terms of like heroes, they need to kind of give him why is he need to give him a reason why he's flawed, which they never really do, do they? No. Apart from just being a dick. I don't know. I've always thought he's a massive dick, but then. His intentions have been right. He just sort of gets knocked off. He's not like the things. maker, Dickner, Dickner. That's so why he wants to take over. I the always world. feel like he could have been there. Like, I think like I think he's got the same sort of. He's maybe not as clever. I as think Reed. it's his ego. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a yeah. massive combination of ego and pride for guys like Hang Ping, where they are the smartest and they feel like they should be the best, and but they because they're not physically on top, they believe that like, well, okay, well, my brains are better than his his brawns. And that sort of automatically places him in a status where, like, I should be. Anyone who's assigned a higher claim than this guy. So, so here's my next question. Now you said that is a man defined by his actions or his personality? I think well, this thing because his people, actions some are, that do some great stuff that have dark, dark people in their private yeah, lives. Like his actions are generally heroic. Yeah. Even the things which have been turned against him by Doom, the things which led to Ultimate and the Ultron robots, like that, they were all for good reasonings. He's a dick. Mm. <laughs> you can't excuse beating his wife. I don't care if he saved no. the world. That's still a shitty thing to mm. do. I think anyone who's a doctor in the Ultimate Universe is a dick because you got Pim. Hank McCoy. Hank McCoy. Uh, well, I don't know. I can't remember. Even like. Bruce Banner ain't Bruce great, Banner's, is he? Yeah, he's a dick in, uh, as before because he purposely yeah. turned into the Hulk and killed hundreds of people. Tony Stark isn't a dick, but then again, he's, not a do- he's not a scientist in it. He's, <laughs> well, he is a scientist, but he hasn't got a doctorate, yeah. has he, behind it? I don't think. So where do you think... He's a, he's a diff. He's How not a about, villain, but he doesn't help himself out. Is being heroic the same as being a good person? No. No, because you, like, you can do heroic things bad way. You can do bad things to be heroic. Yeah. yeah. Or you can just do heroic things but be a shitty person. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he's, I don't think he's a good person. You, can be, you don't have to be a good person to be heroic. At but all. We go back to the first question. Is he a hero or a villain? He's not. He's not either of them. You can be more than just a hero and villain. Is not just like black and white. Yeah. He, he's. He's not. Both. He's, a, vill- a villain can do, be doing something. He he's an anti-hero. An anti is different. An anti-hero is almost like um, someone who does good things through wrong actions, almost, yeah. isn't it? Mm. Whereas he's more of like that. He's that middle ground. He's. He's that sort of. Um, Dickhead that does that seems to be wrong. He he rolls with heroic people. Yeah, and I think he's there on merit and because I need his skills, not necessarily because I need him as a person. He's, he's easily replaceable. Yeah. He's overly privileged. He thinks yeah. that he's got. Yeah. He thinks he's got he's a god given right. Yeah, he's very entitled. 
Do you think the world is a better place with or without? I think the world's a better pl- is a is a is a better place without him because he's caused a lot more hurt. Is he the the core the hurt that he's caused? The effects have been greater than the things that he's done right. I feel. <laughs> I think like him creating like I'm talking six one six here. He created Ultron, and he tried yeah. to well, like, cover he, even in the Ultimate Universe right? he created Ultron. Yeah. And like I think without that, that's a problem. Without him, that's a problem. That. So the repercussions are greater than your actions. Mm. Like even if even if his actions are heroic, the repercussions are. I mean, that whole thing in Ultimatum. Not. I'm like, there's suicide bombers carrying him out to the sea. You see, have a lot of people, but in the grand scheme of things, a lot of people died saving those few people. Yet yeah, saving those lives, but I think it's not actually that. It, many. If they'd sort of delved more into um, the actual invasion in Ultimates Two. They don't do enough around that. Yeah. The idea that the Liberators, including Hank Pym, invaded America, took over America, controlled America through Pym's Ultron robots. Mm. That is pretty damn villainous. Yeah. yeah. And if he said that was part of the plan, if he had those capabilities, then you're a dick. Yep. Yeah. So where we lying? Here or villain? Nowhere. Nowhere. Just, he's something else. <laughs> yeah. just a dick. he's pretty smart hero villain I wouldn't I wouldn't let him with either I wouldn't give him the honour of being a hero and I wouldn't a villain someone's got an agenda to do evil do but he's not got an agenda to do that he just wants to do things doing his things his own way and I think he wants to just stand out isn't it he wants to be yeah. acknowledged he's I jealous he's, he's petty he's very he's very childlike I think I think like I'd love to explore his character a bit more what led him to being how he is Maybe his gifts weren't acknowledged by the right people, so he's constantly trying to get that acknowledgement from his peers, who are gods. Super That's kind of Reed's thing, though, isn't it? In Ultimate, he's yeah. like his dad treating like shit. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, that that was me, yeah. hero or villain. Okay, that was interesting. Yeah, good. That was good. Um, right. So recap. So I did a. Oh, hold this. 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 this oh, sorry. <laughs> you still have a minute still to spare. For some reason I write the same length and it never comes out <laughs> the same length I suppose it depends on the interaction you get yeah. um, so recap before the vote I looked at um, a series of things that have happened in comic books and pop culture and we had a bit, bit of a game to see what was a big fuck up what was a small fuck up yep. uh, I talked about Pokemon about how big a franchise that is now in the um, in the earth world today and what kind of influences that has on people? Ultimate Hank Pym, hero or villain, or neither. So I'm Kofi's one. Dead. I'm two. I'm three. Jack's three. Are you ready? Yeah. On three. One. Wait, wait, wait. Numbers. <laughs> Numbers going one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he struggles so much. Yeah. I was just like, wait, it's, it's late. It's yeah. late. Um, right. Okay. One, two, three. Ah, uh, Tom. Tom's won easily. <laughs> So what's going in the box, Tom? Hey, you're yeah. trapping a small animal inside it. That's why I'm going to capture a rat. <laughs> the rat cakes were good. I'll get a mouth. No, I'll get a cat. I get me out. Maybe we'll start throwing coins at you. <laughs> uh, I'll try and find maybe if I can get hold of a decent box copy of Red or Blue oh. Game Boy. Mm. Something a bit. Retro How about that? Or like or... one of the like sets. Base sets for one of the card games would be cool. Yeah. Something, something Pokemon orientated. I didn't think I'd win actually, so I'm actually giving it too much thought. So I thought I'd, I thought I'd die a death. Mm. But yeah, something like that. Something Pokemon related. There's plenty of stuff out there. Get my Nintendo Switch. <laughs> no. 
Just put it on there. If you really care about the podcast, Tom, you put in a Nintendo Switch. I think there's someone's certain lack of commitment. <laughs> Definitely. On that uh, note, then, we'll sign um, off before I start and get bullied into giving away my stuff. Yeah, Pokemon's the winner. Little surprise little uh, report there. Um, so, we are going to be back next week, but we are going to be looking at what did we say we're doing? In we're doing a, with World it being the World special. Cup coming to an end, so we'll be doing a World Cup special. International comics or just anything? World Cup, to interpret how you wish. World yes. Cup. World Cup, three guys, one World Cup special. That's what it's going to be. That's what we're going to call the episodes. Uh, thank you very much for listening, everybody. And keep keep sharing, keep listening, keep commenting for a chance to win this wonderful fourth box, yeah. which is going to be. Start, it looks like it's starting off to be Pokemon heavy. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you very much. Tom. Thank you very much. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, we are at Comic Box Rumble on Instagram and on Twitter and on Facebook. But if you want to send us the email, we are comicboxrumble@gmail.com for those long form messages like, "Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, my name's Joe. I listen to the show. I think it's awesome. And here's a few reasons why I'm going to be continuing to listen to this <laughs> in the future. And you can write a huge essay yeah. about well, how much you love us and stuff. And we'll um we may or may not get back to you. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but we, 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 we get back will. to everybody. Yeah, get definitely. back to us. Like you say, uh, we are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ComicBoxRumble. And the email just once again is ComicBoxRumble at gmail.com. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. Don't forget to, uh, to share, like, subscribe, all that sort of thing. Uh, to your mum, to your dad, to your grandma. Tell your dentist that he's got to listen to us because apparently there's an interesting correlation with successful root canal canal um, operations and listening to Comic Box Rumble whilst it's happening. Don't ask me how I know, just people keep sending me these stats and information. So for all the dentists out there, put us on while you do your stuff. All right then. Sounds legit. <laughs> yeah. All right, thank you very much for listening, everybody. Cheers. Bye. 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 Bye.